Welcome to Hillside Baptist Chapel's weekly Bible study. Please join Dr. Steve Wood every week where we can all collectively grasp a better understanding of God through His Word. This podcast will be published every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood zero zero two at gmail dot com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to HBC Prayer List twenty twenty at gmail dot com. Good evening everyone. Welcome to our Wednesday evening podcast. We're glad that you're able to join us. Tonight we're going to be looking at Jeremiah chapter eighteen and uh, we'll actually be reading verses one through twelve as we talk about the sovereign potter. The sovereign potter. We'll talk more about that as we get into the message tonight. But uh, Jeremiah chapter 18, beginning with verse 1. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down at once to the potter's house. There I will reveal my words to you. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working away at the wheel. But the jar that he was making from the clay became flawed in the potter's hand, so he made it into another jar, as it seemed right for him to do. The word of the Lord came to me, House of Israel, can I not treat you as the potter treats the clay? This is the Lord's declaration. Just like clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, House of Israel. At one moment... I might announce concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will uproot, tear down, and destroy it. However, if that nation I have made an announcement about turns from its evil, I will relent concerning the destruction I had planned to do to it. At another time, I announce that I will build and plant a nation or a kingdom, however, if it does not if it does what is evil in my sight by not listening to my voice i will relent concerning the good i had said i would do to it so now say to the men of judah and to the residents of jerusalem this is what the lord says i'm about to bring harm to you and make plans against you turn now each from your evil way and correct your ways and your deeds. But they will say, it's hopeless. We will continue to follow our plan and each of us will continue to act according to the stubbornness of his own heart. Father, we thank you tonight that we have understanding of your word, that we might be able to apply it to our lives. The potter and the clay example is a good metaphor for us tonight as we think about our lives, our future, even the nations in which we live. We ask your blessings on this particular subject tonight as we continue to think about Jeremiah's prophecies. We ask it in Jesus' name, and amen. Well, the first thing that we see in this particular reading in verses 1 through 4 is that God is the sovereign potter. Next to the valley of Hinnon, 
Red clay is still dug to use in making pottery. By the way, a, a cemetery for non-Jews and strangers is also there, bought from money given to Judas Iscariot. Do you remember that? At the betrayal of Jesus. But anyway, back in Jeremiah's day, he saw that the potter held sway over the clay. Again, the picture that we have of God over us. A pastor friend of mine wanted to show his youngest child a favor by taking her on a daddy-daughter date to a potter's shop. So they chatted as she painted a round trinket box with rainbows and bright colors. Two weeks later, they picked up the finished piece, which had been glazed and fired in a kiln. This beautiful memory is sitting on my, pa uh, my friend's office shelf to this day. When my friend's daughter was taking, taken to the pottery shop, sometimes as she tried to make that pot, she came up empty-handed. Sometimes she took it in a different direction than originally planned, my friend said. She can be as creative and original as she wants within her boundaries. And she eventually made a beautiful trinket box that I mentioned. The nature of clay and its effects are unstable. You see, a piece of clay may not do just exactly what the potter wants to do with it. And this is something that Jeremiah was able to see at the potter's house. He took special note of what the potter was doing. He broke down a pot that was on the wheel and reshaped it into something else. He had intended to do one thing and it didn't yield to the pressure that he was giving to the clay as it spun around on the wheel. And so he did something else. He put it down, mashed it back, and molded it again. Now, in those days, a potter worked with two flat circular stones or wheels mounted on a rod or a shaft. The lower wheel was spun by the potter's foot while the potter worked the clay on the upper wheel. Now, there are different clays that do different kinds of pots. There's terracotta. It's an orange color. There's porcelain, which is white. There's stoneware, which is brownish. And they're fired at a different temperature. Now, I know you didn't want to know all that much about clay, but that's just the way things are. And throughout scriptures, we can see God compared to a potter in different places. 
what's said about you and me in this object lesson that Jeremiah had. We are the object of God's attention. You are an object of God's attention. He gives you His undivided attention. Did you notice that? In order for a potter to do what he needs to do on the wheel, he has to concentrate upon that piece of clay that's in front of him. And we are, as it were, that piece of clay in front of God. Now God has formed you and me in our mother's womb. God reigns over all. And he does as he pleases. And we as the clay are simply there for him to mold and make to his own pleasure. Wayne Grudem in Systematic Theology, one of the books on, that I have, on page 315 writes this, God is continually involved with all created things in such a way that he keeps them existing and maintains the properties with which he created them. He cooperates with the created thing in every action, directing their distinctive properties to cause them to act as they do, and he directs them to fulfill his purpose directs them to fulfill His purpose. You see, the quest for attention is a big quest. Ever thought about how important it is to give and receive attention in families, to children? You know, children fight over the attention of their parents in a home. In a marriage, children, work, television, sports, and the internet compete with a spouse's attention to, the, to uh, his or her spouse. But even more amazing, God wants our attention. You see, attention is crucial to relationships. The sovereign potter as we read a moment ago, enjoys being with his vessel of honor. He enjoys his work of making that pot a pot of distinction. God is the potter. We're the clay. He's God, and we're not. Now, let's notice the vulnerability of the clay. Nobody asks the opinion of the clay. Have you ever thought about that? It's not that clay does not matter to the potter. It does. And it's not that the potter does not delight in his work, for he does. And he produces a product that he enjoys making. But the strength, design, skill, and control within the potter's hand and it's not in the clay. He has all the power. 
And the clay has none. The clay has certain properties, but no power. Notice Romans chapter 9, verses 19 through 21. The Apostle Paul says, One of you will say to me, Then why does God still blame us? For who is able to resist His will? But who are you, a human being, to talk back to God? Shall that which is formed say to the one who formed it, Why did you make me like this? Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special purposes and some for common use? You see, God is pictured as controlling Israel. Israel is not in control of God. Israel had thought that whatever attention they gave God was a gracious favor on their part. They did not honor God as God. They thought that they had the upper hand. But God is in control. He controls us. You know, clay is not very attractive by itself, is it? It's a cousin to mud. <laughs> but the potter can make the clay and make something beautiful out of it through shaping it, firing it, glazing it, and firing it again. Just about anything is possible. Our lives were, were without meaning or direction until the Lord found us and begins His work of transformation in us. And as the potter's wheel turns, we sometimes get dizzy. But to those who are not predisposed toward the potter, God's judgment is coming. In other words, if we don't yield to, if we don't allow the potter to make us the way he wants to, then we can look forward to something else happening. We relate to God, but we do not control Him. Note here that although God is sovereign, He's not random. He operates on the basis of principles. He has established those principles for us to live under. He forgives those who repent. Remember? But He disciplines those who choose to go astray. We can see how this concept worked in the case of Jonah. He rebelled, didn't he? Now God's sovereignty does not eliminate His love. This episode that Jeremiah had in going to the potter's house becomes a greater object lesson for us in verses 5 through 10. As we see God the potter and Israel the clay, as the sovereign creator, he has the right to do whatever he likes. When the clay fails to submit, he will remake it as he pleases. The same two conditions in last week's lesson, keeping the Sabbath, apply here as well. If the people repent, then God would relent from His judgment. But if they continue to sin, 
God would relent from the blessing that He planned for them. It's a good object lesson, isn't it? Can the pot say to the potter, You know nothing? Isaiah 29, verse 16, ask. You see, Isaiah used the same imagery to make a point about who's in charge. Accusing Israel, saying, You turn things upside down as if the potter were thought to be like the clay. Isaiah 29, 16. He repeats that in Isaiah 45, verse 9. Paul similarly quoted Isaiah, but he probably had Jeremiah in mind as well, when he admonished, Who are you, a human being, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to the one who formed us? Why did you make me like this in Romans 9.20? We can either honor God or we can dig in our heels and rebel. That's what we find in verses 7 through 12. God asked them to repent early before it was too late. The word repent means that Yahweh is able to modify His actions toward them. Thus, it is not so much a change of mind as a change of treatment because of modified behavior. This is found in J.A. Thompson's writings on the book of Jeremiah as he was talking about these very verses. God prospers and God uproots nations. History is headed in a certain direction. And as we live in the here and now, <clears throat> we can't always see God's hand. But we often can <coughs> as we look back on history and we see the past. It's full of examples of God's providence. <coughs> Writing about this, Jan Sobriski mentioned several different things in history. Leadership to stop the Muslim conquest of Europe, she says. The great Protestant wind that protected England. The succession of the American Revolution. Germany and Japan. As they had an upper hand and should have won World War II, but didn't. Israel would not have been voted into existence by the UN if Stalin had not have been impulsive and reckless, she says. Returning to the imagery that we have on the potter's wheel, the clay returning to the pile, in other words, the potter deciding to remake it into a different shape, pictures judgment. We tend to think that God is on our side, right? Well, we have it wrong. Now, God blesses us more when we are on His side. But we must adjust to Him. 
not him adjusting to us and our circumstances. And God can trash any nation as he sees them rebelling against him and as we see he has in the past. And if God does, does trash the nation, it will not be for the behavior of the atheist or the unbelievers within it, but I believe it's the believers, those who profess to know him, those who know better, but just don't follow what God has told them. We lose when we stubbornly rebel. Although we are the clay when compared to God's power, we're not passive. We cannot successfully wage a war against God, can we? But God leaves us the choice. Remember the story of Peter and the wolf? How Peter tries to hunt a wolf with a popcorn gun. The wolf comes to Peter, but he's rescued by hunters who happen to come by. When we shake our fist at God, we are like Peter with a popcorn gun. It's pitiful. As we conclude today, ask yourself, am I submitting myself to the potter? Am I a blob of clay trying to form myself and make sense of my life by myself. The classic song, Have Thine Own Way, Lord, includes the potter and clay imagery that we've looked at today in these scriptures. And it talks about surrendering to God's will. Let's look at that for just a moment tonight. I want to read just couple of the lines and then we'll hear from George Beverly Shea as he sings a little bit of it. It says, Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will, while I am waiting, yielded and still. Have thine own way. Just now. 
humbly I pass. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. Thank you, and God bless.